The Business on RT Radio 1 with AIB. We know that your focus is on your business. That's why ours is on supporting you. First, the story of an Irish family business. You may know the therapy clinics dotted around the country. What you may not know is that the group has become the biggest aesthetics chain in Europe with 1,800 employees and a turnover of €120 million this year. They've grown 200% in the last three years alone. We're joined on the line by Katie McGlade, who's in New York, and also here in studio by her brother, Philip, who run the business together. We'll get to the business shortly, but let's go back to, first of all, your dad, Paul McGlade. From an early age, uh, Philip and Katie, he was in business, wasn't he? Yeah, just from a young age, my dad worked in the kind of the local markets up in Belfast and Newry, and obviously he grew up in Belfast when the troubles were on. So when he was 18, he wanted to get out of Belfast and he moved down south to Dublin. He saw an opportunity to take on the Southerners and he had a lot of hustle in him and he he wanted to leverage up that hustle and bring it down to the Southerners. So he had a certain uh, hunger about him and he was going to sh- show people in Dublin how it was done when it came to business. Exactly, Richard. And one of the things your dad did in business that people would, would remember and know him for, at the very beginning, he set up the Apollo store in Moore Street. That's correct. In the 1980s, he set up the Apollo. And he met your mom. Uh, before that, she was working, was she working in the city centre? Yeah, my, well, my, my dad met my mom before that. She originally was working in Dunn's Doors and then she got involved in working in Apollo with him. So my granddad, my aunts and uncles. So it was a real family business. So did all of that work then? Did you guys get, Katie, get dragged into uh, some some of the stores to work in them when you were kids? Yeah, it's in our DNA. You know, we got brought up in a very much like business environment. We all worked at a young age, particularly myself and Philip. So I started off in um, the stock room in Champion Sports when I was 11 years of age. I used to rollerblade into uh, the city centre. Rollerblades were a big thing back then. And I'd work um, Saturday and Sundays. And then at the age of... At 13 and 14, I worked for my uncle merchandising jewellery and done stores and fair moda and A-ware. And then at the age of 15 and 16, I worked in Optilase, our laser eye clinic that we that our dad started up. So you really have worked your way through it all through those years. And Philip, at one stage, yourself and Katie were were both doing a bit of work in champion sports. Your your dad used to get you to... uh, to stand because there was a champion sports store at the top and at the bottom of Grafton Street. Yeah, that, that's correct. And our dad used to tell us to go into Grafton Street and count how many champion bags and then count how many you got the like Martin sports bag, which was a competitor at the time. So we used to spend our Saturdays doing that. So he was measuring how he was doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or m- maybe he was measuring whether the store at the top or the one at the bottom was doing better and somebody was going to get in trouble. Was that the case, Katie? No. Yeah, so he it was either Philip at the top and me at the bottom and we used to count how many bags. So whoever had the most bags, he knew that clinic, that, that store, sorry, I have clinic on the uh, on my brain there. <laughs> uh, he knew that store uh, performed better. Um, but, you know, Philip and I have a, an obsession with bags because uh, it was free advertisement seeing Champion Sports bags. And the same is in therapy now. We, we always want our customers leaving with a therapy bag. And the original idea, Philip, for therapy had come from your dad because he had set up the one in Molesworth Street just off Dawson Street in Dublin City Centre. 
Yeah, that, that's correct. Like our dog really likes to kind of democratize sectors he got into and the aesthetic sector at the time was very expensive, wasn't accessible for people. And he really wanted to kind of disrupt this sector, make it accessible. So and he brought in innovative services such as laser hermal back 20 years ago and Botox where no one was doing. Was it always on the cards then that you would join the business? No, no. My original plan was uh, obviously the kids watching Wall Street and I was amazed by all these investment bankers, the lifestyle they're having. So my plan was to move to London and be an investment banker and obviously the financial crisis hit in 2009. And uh, somebody, my, somebody pulled the plug on the jacuzzi yeah, and champagne basically. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> So uh, I just went straight into the therapy business. And at that stage, it would have been just the, the one outlet yeah. that you joined. And what about you, Katie? Was was it always inevitable that you would join the therapy business? Yes and no. Like, in I, I, I um, wasn't the most academic person in school, uh, but I got into a great college, DIT. I originally wanted to get into UCD, but I didn't get the points. Bella's probably laughing at me here. Um but actually it worked out really well that I got into DIT because it's it's a smaller college, smaller rooms, and you get to spend proper time with the lectures. And it probably brought the best out of me and I was doing something I loved. So then I decided to have a part-time job in therapy Molser Street as a front of house host. And I loved it. And I learned so much and, you know, I really got stuck in. And then... I was in my last, I had one year left in college to go and dad and Philip got offered an attractive site by the O'Callaghan's in Cork on Opera Lane in 2010. And everyone told us, we're mad, expanding, opening in Cork in a recession time. What are you doing, you know? So I decided to drop out of college. My mom went mad, but my dad, you know, really promoted it as did Philip. So they, they would have had a bit of a disagreement. Now, they had, when you were younger, they had had separated and you would have spent the weekends with your dad and, and probably ended up, that's how you did quite a lot of work around champion sports and that. But uh, your mom disagreed with this uh, idea of you changing career and, 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 and going into therapy at that point, did she? Yeah, like I think it's like every mother, you know, you, you, you just want to get your children past schooling and, you know, she just thought I was mad dropping out of college. Now, if you ask her now, she's like, it definitely was the best thing that you did because I probably wouldn't have had the opportunity that I have today. Um, but yeah, we, you know, yes, our parents um, separated when we were, when I was 11 years of age. Our dad had us at the weekend and he was a workaholic. So his way of spending time with us was bringing us around to all his doors and doing the what you see tour um, and counting bags. So, you know, it, you know, it was great fun. A lot of other children probably went to playgrounds or did other activities, but we went around champion sports every weekend. So therapy began to, to take off. And I just want to look at the offering that you have and what you do. And, and a, a big part of that, Philip, is, is around Botox and things like that. Um, our attitudes changed. Have they changed a lot towards Botox? I'm I'm of a generation where, you know, in recent years I went around being oblivious to it. <laughs> now I'm at the point where I'm only starting to notice it. Whereas the younger generation are, it's quite normalised, really. Hundred percent. I think people nowadays want to take care of themselves and they're investing 
in themselves and products like Botox, you know, today are normal products and, and I don't see that going away. And do you have to have Botox yourself, Philip, because of the business? You know the way people who work for a drinks company, they drink the brand that they have. I mean, w would you regularly get Botox? I do. Uh, I frown really, really badly. So it's something I was always conscious of. And uh, I started getting Botox and I love it personally. Do you have many male customers? We do. It's growing. It's probably around 10% of our customer base at the moment, but it's grown at a kind of single digits every year. So we see massive growth kind of among men. And Katie, what about you? Do you feel under a bit of pressure given the business that you're in, you need to be a customer and ambassador for what you do? I love Botox. It's the best preventative measure. It's better than any cream. Um, I get it done three times a year. Um, you know, Botox used to be a big secret and now it's um, and now it's not. And that's all thanks to the Kardashians, the Gen Z obsession with transparency. So for many people nowadays, there's no longer uh, any shame in owning up to it. And what about New York and your decision to move over there? Because you had built the business in Ireland and in Britain and you identified the, the the American market as something you really want to go for. So you decided to move over there. Yeah, like America has always been our dream. You know, Philip and I have spoken about America since a young age. I'm used to always moving with therapy. Um, so I moved to the UK when we opened up in London in 2018 with, you know, my amazing team. We brought our A team over with us. Same applied for the US, moved over here. It's a little bit different this time because this time I moved over with my family, my husband and my two boys. Um, they were one and two at the time. And that was a roller coaster and probably the most testing time in my relationship um, because we were on our own here. I definitely struggled the first few months, but now we're open. How many outlets do you think you can or you, you plan to open in the US? Well, the, so we're we're topped number six in the world, Richard, um, and we're one of the only bootstrap businesses in the world, um, and we're top six. We want your top six a, in, in in terms of scale. Is it a turnover, yeah. or a number of outlets, or yeah, our 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 uh, aesthetic clinic is uh, seen as ranked number six in the world, which is pretty groundbreaking, and it's amazing. An Irish brand, you know. Our plan is over the next five years is to be number one. Um, um, so we plan on scaling very, very quick over the coming years. So we do see a few hundred clinics opening in the coming years. A few hundred clinics in the US, yes. in the United States. Yeah. Philip, how, even taking it to the scale that you have, you've got how many outlets is it? We got 75 outlets. 75. The vast majority of them you own yourselves. You haven't actually franchised. You have a few franchisees, haven't you? Yeah, I have one friend who took a few franchisees. But it's it's a small number. Yeah. How how have you financed that? And where are you going to get the finance to open 300 more outlets? So as Katie kind of said, we bootstrapped this business for the last 20 years as a family business. So we've been fortunate the business has done very well. In regards to kind of the next phase, as kind of Katie said, we want to be the number one in the world. We are the number six in the world and all our competitors are all private equity backed. So they've got hundreds of millions, even billions, some of them. So I think for the family and for us to be the kind of number one, we're very ambitious, Katie and I, we probably will look at getting outside investment 
So that's something kind of the next stage we'll probably do. You must be one of the biggest customers of for Botox manufacturers in Ireland or, or further afield. Yeah, so, you know, we are, Allergan owns the brand called Botox and we're not only their biggest account by a long shot in Ireland, we're their biggest account in Europe, which is pretty groundbreaking and it's amazing. Like even being here in the USA, when I go to aesthetic conferences, it's therapy clinics name being mentioned like an Irish brand starting off in a corner street location being mentioned in like the biggest U.S. aesthetic conferences is pretty inspiring. So, yeah, we are their biggest account and we're very proud of being that and we get incredible support from them. Are you very focused, Katie, as part of your daily routine on numbers? You mentioned about, you know, the numbers in the business. Is that something that you're good at keeping an eye on? Yeah, so like uh, when when we used to go to our dad's house at the weekends when we were children, our dad had a fax machine and, you know, our dad is obsessed with the numbers and he used to get his daily end of day and end of week figures come, come in for champion sports, ranking from, you know, number one at meaning high, highest and then like down to the lowest. And he used to walk us through those figures and that was embedded in Philip and I since an early age. So going to bed every night, my husband accepts it. I, we get into bed and then I go through all the figures in, in bed. And it's just something I love and it's something I'm obsessed it's with. It's something you love. It's a hell of a discipline to do that. I love knowing the figures because if I don't know the figures, I don't know my business. So uh, I need to know what's going on and I get FOMO if I don't. What about you, Philip? Yeah, I'd be similar or worse. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. My wife's not very happy, but... Uh. <laughs> so are, are you reading yours in bed as well? Yeah, pretty much every night. And my wife doesn't understand what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> or why. And and Katie, do you end up having family get-togethers and, you know, you end up talking shop all the time with, with both your parents? Yeah, funny you say that, Richard. So um, since our parents separated, my mom, every Sunday, she has a roast dinner in her house in uh, Black Rock. And all of us have to go. It's her one request. And when we go there, and my dad goes there too, by the way. Um, and when we go there, we all sit down and have our dinner. And, you know, being a McGlade, we love to talk about business all the time. So she tries to make a rule. Uh, to not talk about business, um, but, uh, you know, it doesn't always last. But it, it, it's great to keep that, like, you know, every Sunday roast and it hasn't changed. I'm now 36 and it's been going for for a long time now. And Philip, what about you and Katie as brother and sister? Any creative differences about the business? Do you ever tear strips off each other over some issue and then... Oh yeah, all the time. I think <laughs> all the time as Katie knows. One minute we'd be killing each other, the next minute we're, we're laughing at each other. So I think that goes. But I think the great thing about being a family business is I know Katie has my back all the time and likewise. Katie, what would you say, if anything, keeps you awake at night? Are you someone who, you know, having built together with your family this business, uh, what, what, what's, your, what's the, the part of it that would worry you the most that might keep you awake at night? Yeah, great question, Richard. Um, holding on to it and never letting it go. 
recently I started getting uh, coaching because um, I wanted to further develop myself and, you know, work on my weaknesses. And one thing that came up with the coach was um, I had this sense of losing things and in turn, it creates a bit of paranoia in me. Uh, it can be a good and a bad thing, but I think that stems from which the coach has uh, diagnosed. It's come from when my parents separated. Um, so it's so there's that fear I... that you you don't want to lose something that you have. That's a, a fear. Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, it definitely keeps me up. My husband knows I I always get scared of losing things. So I always try hold on to things as best as I can, whether that be in business or in my personal life. And what about you, Philip? The separation of, of your parents when you were quite young, did that, was that very difficult? Did it have an impact on you? Yeah, definitely. I think I was around 12 years old at the time and even to this day I have memories of it and I was, it's not nice, you know. You know, I've just had recently a kid and, you know, losing your, you know, your your dad leaving, yeah, leaving the family home was horrible, you know, at the time and, it definitely had impact on Katie and I and the whole family. So, no, it's not a nice thing for any family. Are you a worrier about stuff? Does anything keep you awake at night? Um, my baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good uh, thing for a while. Yeah, exactly. So that's uh, that's my biggest worry now. <laughs> right. Well, on that note, Philip and Katie McGlade, the very best of luck with the business. Thank you for joining us on the programme. Thank, Thank you, Richard. Oh.